You're listening to a Philly Sports Nation production, enhancing your Philly sports experience. What is going on, Eagles Nation? Welcome to the latest Birds Banter podcast presented to you by PHLSportsNation.com. This is your host, Matt Lupe, and today I have an awesome guest on today, Brendan Walker. Brendan is a NFL headline ticker operator for NFL Network. You might have seen him on Twitter talking about Eagles stuff for the past couple of years now. I'm really excited to have a conversation with Brendan about Carson Wentz. Brendan, how are you doing today? Matt, I'm doing great. Thank you for having me on the show. Um... I'm ready to talk about Wentz and all things Eagles right now, and yeah, hope you're having a good day. <laughs> awesome, yeah, thanks for having, uh, thanks for coming on today. So, Brendan, um, like I said, is very involved on Twitter with the Eagles. Um, his Twitter handle is B Walker NFL. You can make sure you follow him, and then he also does um, NFL and gaming talk show on Twitch. His Twitch handle is Brendan Walker NFL. Um, so make sure you check that out because he has a lot of great content, but. Today on this podcast, we're going to talk talk about Carson Wentz. Obviously, it's always a hot topic, talk about your franchise QB. But um, as of recently, this season specifically, Wentz hasn't been um, playing up to par that a lot of people expected. He's been, you know, some games putting a lot of good throws together, but then other games he's struggling. I think a lot of the struggles showed against the Patriots, and a lot of people are starting to get concerned if Carson Wentz is playing to his full potential this year, if the William goes on the wide receiver. So there's a lot to talk about. We're going to get into a big discussion on Carson Wentz, what we're seeing out of him. So first of all, Brendan, um, just from your eye test. So Wentz has started in all 10 games this season. How has he looked in your mind? Um, what are the positive? What are the negatives that you've seen from Wentz so far? Oh, uh, yeah. So Wentz, yeah, it's a touchy subject this season. Um, you would have to see what he's done in the past, and that's what I like to do. Um, to determine what he's doing this year. I always like to know what the sample size is. And so strictly this season, if you saw the sample size this far uh, coming in, uh, he's, I would like to say, above average, but not by much. It's, um, and that's where the concern comes from with the, the fans. You know, they're, they're concerned about his uh, ability to, you know, win in big moments and make the correct throws and decide things quickly, you know, in the pocket. Um, a couple of positives I have seen is that he's, uh, he's tr- he is, his mentality hasn't changed. And it's not like he's regressed mentally or anything like that. Uh, his mindset is still the same. He's still, the, pro- <laughs> the problem, <laughs> the problem lies with his talent around him. Uh, he, <laughs> as probably a lot of people have recognized, the wide receiver core is not great. Uh, his his stats are still good, however, despite you know having people like uh, I think a Whiteside and Aguilar still on the field, and even Mac Hollins sometimes who really had doesn't catch anything. It's it's crazy to think that a quarterback has 17 touchdowns. 
and about like what four interceptions maybe yeah, this season. Yeah, four. Yep. It's it's that's those are good numbers. They're not mm-hmm. super when you see people are having like twenty five touchdowns like Lamar Jackson or you know Russell Wilson. You know people like that right now who are excelling. They might have more touchdowns, but those are pretty good numbers, all things considered. And I know some of those are to t- uh, to tight ends. That can be a little bit of a factor, but it's it's still he's he's playing huh, above average. Like I said, above average with the talent around him. And I think that's one of the biggest things is that before when he had the MVP season, he was balling. He was he was going. He was going ham, as the kids say. And it's it's he had thirty three touchdowns, seven interceptions during the MVP considered year before he got injured, and he's uh he's not had the same receiving core this year as he did before. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. So you mentioned the twenty seventeen season, and um, looking back on that season, he was fully athletic and he was confident if a play wasn't developing the way he wanted to he would make it happen on his own and last year in 2018 he really didn't go back to that because he might have been uh maybe a little bit limited by his knee or his back injury so returning to that full form is definitely important to see out of Wentz and I was really excited when I saw him start to escape the pocket a little bit more this year and try to make it happen on his own Um, but other than that he's Obviously, very confident quarterback, but he's making pretty good throws for the most part. The deep ball honestly looks pretty good. It's just not getting completed. Um, <laughs> countless times he's thrown to Nelson Aguilar, and Aguilar just can't make the adjustment. If you have Deshaun Jackson on the team every single week, Carson Wentz is going to look like a great deep ball quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's making pretty good decisions. Like Brendan said, he only has four interceptions, so he's not being done with the ball. But going to the negative uh, part of his game, Sometimes he's just missing the easy throws, and he's trying to do too much. Instead of taking the 10-yard pass, he's holding on to the ball too long to try to get the 20-yard pass, and then it ends up biting him in the butt. So uh, I think that's definitely a knock on his game, and he needs to understand that he can't do it all in this offense, even though the wide receivers are among the worst in the league. Yeah, it's... um... You, you summed it up pretty well there. I think one thing, I don't want to make it a thing. I don't want to make this something that's being discussed on Twitter. But Carson is not – basically this season, Carson is not trying to look like Mitch Trubisky. And it's not even the fact that, you know, the, the Eagles receiving core is not good right now. Bears receiving core is actually okay. It's more on the fault towards Mitch uh, the way that Mitch is looking right now. It's not on Carson Wentz. So in that sense, they're not comparable. But he's just not trying to look like he has to do it all. He doesn't. He Carson Wentz does not have to be an MVP to be considered the MVP for the team, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. He, he, needs to, he doesn't need to do it all. He's shown that he can manage. You know, Last year, he even had good numbers, 21 TDs, 7 interceptions. That's a 3-1 ratio. You know, even in <laughs> he performs well under 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 having a lot of support, and a lot of QBs are the same way. Um, it's <laughs> I, w- I want to say that the receiving core is the problem solely, but Carson Wentz has made mistakes um, in the pocket, not making the correct throws. 
I just think that on himself, he doesn't trust the wide receivers enough. He saw what he had week one, a healthy Alshon, a healthy Dishon, and I guess Nelson Aguilar wasn't really that much of a factor, but I mean, <laughs> you get you get what I'm getting at. Like he, yeah, he, yeah. he saw what he had. The fans only got a taste of it. And, you know, Deshaun had the two touchdowns. I'm not sure who else had one. But he knew what the offense could be. And now the wide receivers having no confidence. Uh, Carson doesn't even have confidence in them. Yeah, I mean, uh, the wide receiver group is definitely not up to par. But I think even though that's the case, it definitely still falls back on Wentz and Doug Peterson to play to their advantages. They still have two really good running backs on this team in Jordan Howard and Miles Sanders. They just brought in JHI as well. And the tight ends are among the best in the league. Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard have shown that they have a ton of potential. I mean, Ertz is definitely proven and Goddard's up and coming uh, in this league. And although Alshon Jeffrey isn't having a great season and he's banged up right now, Matt Collins and JJ Ortega Whiteside are not filling it well at all. Nelson Aguilar um, is almost like just getting booed out of the entire city at this point. Um, But I think Wentz needs to understand that the wide receivers aren't going to do it for him. And he's, he thinks in his mind that all the responsibility falls on him, but he still has a good tight end group. He still has a good running back group that the responsibility can be sprinkled among the entire team. It doesn't have to be just Wentz. So I think it just needs to be a little bit of a change in mindset because he should be used to not having good wide receivers on this team, but they haven't been good since um, he was drafted. In 2016, they were atrocious. Um, Mm -hmm. 2017, he had a good taste of wide receivers with um, Alshon having a good season. Torrey Smith, Nelson Aguilar had his best year, but still wasn't top in the league. 2018 wasn't anything spectacular. And honestly, arguably the best receiver that he's thrown to with the Eagles is a 32-year-old Deshaun Jackson, which he was able to for one game and then a drive against the Bears. So um, he's not set up for success, but there can be adjustments made. Right. I completely agree. Yeah. So, I mean, that's the tale of the season so far, the wide receiver play. It's just been terrible all year. Um, So say they get better players, say Deshaun's fully healthy or Alshon's better, or they make a trade before the trade deadline, say that the group is improved and, it gets goes from bad to average um, or even good. How do you think the season would look uh, record-wise, stat-wise? What do you think we would see from these Eagles? Um, to be honest, I think that Carson would be at the level that he was when he had his MVP year. I, I can't say that for certain, but it would be very much closer than what he's at right now. <clears throat> he's like a 1,000 yards off. He's like what i'm trying to do the math quickly in my head 14 tds these numbers would be showing up if the receivers were making the plays if they were helping him out right he can throw to the tight ends all they want and sometimes you're going to get the matchup and sometimes you're going to get it but teams are going to figure that out quickly they're going to put people in the box they're going to cover the middle and if you put somebody one-on-one he has no choice you throw to the wide receiver in that instance but if you can't make the play you don't get the stats. You don't get the win. We've seen the Eagles team suffer because of drops all season. And some of the games have been decided off of one drop or at mm-hmm. least, you know, 
maybe a drop in a couple plays afterwards. Like the the record right now is five and five. I would say, oh boy, without the drops or anything like that, the record could easily be seven and two or better. At least, at least two games can could be determined by drops, and seven and two looks a lot better than five and five, or seven. Sorry, eight and two. I'm doing the math here on the 10 games. Um, The team would look a lot better if Wentz could trust the receivers, make the plays, you know, move the chains. They're really not moving the chains. And we saw that even against the Patriots, there were struggles. And they were like three for 13 on third down. The reason why the Eagles succeeded and the reason why Carson Wentz looked so good is because he was money on third down. The whole team, they were, the success basically was third down. They converted. They kept the offense on the field. This year, it's just not happening. Yeah, I mean, even the drops, I mean, that's a discussion on its own. But if you have a receiver like Aguilar who's dropping passes uh, starting at the beginning of the season, now once you're halfway through the year, I mean, the entire offense dynamic changes because Carson Wentz can't look at him the same and – confidently throw the ball to him down the field because you already know when Aguilar is running a route, Wentz has that limitation in his mind. He's like, if he does this or if I have to make this throw, he's not going to come down with it. So I think that's why Wentz is holding the ball too long because he just doesn't have the confidence in, in his receivers and rightfully so. They haven't done really anything to give him any confidence in them. So um, if they resolved the drops early, I definitely think they would have won against the uh, Falcons, against the Lions, because mm. Aglor and J.J. Ortega-Whiteside could have easily won those games for the Eagles, right. and um, they'd be sitting at least 7-3. and three. So the entire season would look so much better, and they could have won a game against, say, the Cowboys or the Patriots, one of those games because the offense would look entirely different. If you have the momentum from those close games and – you eliminate the drops, then you're looking so much better. Even missing Alshon Jeffrey, missing Deshaun Jackson, I think Carson Wentz would be able to play to his full potential because he would have the confidence in his receivers. The receivers would be confident in themselves. And um, just the mistakes are just contagious on this team. They don't improve anyone. Uh, It makes the whole team worse. And right now, nobody's stepping up to make it any better. Yeah, the wide receivers, they're not, <laughs> nobody's stepping up, making a play. Uh, Carson's really trying to do the most. Uh, I want to bring up something real quick. On Twitter, I saw that Carson Wentz is like something very low, like 30th in like time to throw. He's taking forever to throw the ball uh, this season. And I was, <laughs> I was thinking about it. I was like, okay, well, I, it makes sense if he's trying to find a receiver that's not open. Of course, he's going to hang on to the ball. Some of the decisions is that he just needs to throw it away, and I get that. We saw that versus the Patriots. But there's a reason why he's taking so long to throw is because the receivers aren't getting open. And, you know, it's like he's sitting in the pocket. He's trying to make a move. He's, try- he's trying to do the most, basically. Mm-hmm. He's trying to make the play that's going to get them down the field, at least in you know field goal position. So he's holding the ball, waiting for the correct play, the right play, Um but if nothing's opened up, of course he's going to hang on to the ball. And that's when, you know, he starts to run. He starts to do all this fancy stuff and trying to throw into some really, really tight windows that you know the receivers aren't even going to attempt to try and catch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, it's like 
he's holding on to the ball for good reasons and bad reasons this season. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to criticize him for that because of the wide receiver play. If they're not open within two seconds, which they're most likely not, then Wentz is stuck holding on to the ball. And with the state of this offensive line, we got Lane Johnson out for most of the game against the Patriots. It's not holding up for him to hold the ball for over three seconds. And it's collapsing. He's taking sacks that he shouldn't be taking. And it just not going well for the entire offense. But on Wentz's part, I understand that if the play is not open, you need to <clears throat> wait a little bit longer and see if it develops. But the wide receivers on this Eagles team are not the kind that are going to improvise and make a better route, come back to the ball. They're all inexperienced. They look like they don't even want to be playing. So they just they just need to make adjustments. And Wentz, need, Wentz needs to understand that if it means throwing 10-yard passes until you get down the field, so be it. Because the 15, 20-yard, 30-yard pass that he's looking for, when it doesn't open up the first time, it's just not going to be there. The wide receivers are not talented enough to make that available for him. Yeah, it's it's just rough. <laughs> if I just had to sum it up, it's it's just a rough season. Yeah. Based on it, injuries and performance from players. Yeah, it definitely is. So, um Wentz has been struggling with the wide receivers. Like, this is what we've been talking about the entire podcast so far. He's been struggling with bad wide receivers, but what can he do himself to improve on his game and make this offense run a lot better, even with the wide receivers struggling? Um, well, I would want to say that he needs to find the team's identity. I don't, I don't know if he know. I don't know. Excuse me. If he knows what it is, I know we do, at least me and my good friend Erock from Fourth and John, he we established we established the team's um identity a long time ago. And the team itself hasn't figured it out yet. It's basically your bread and butter is the run game and it's the tight ends. Because mm-hmm. you know you can trust them, then you know that they can make the the, the catches, score the points, move the chains. Um if that's all you got that's what you got to use if that's what's successful. And yeah, if you stack the box and sometimes you're going to need to improvise and you're just going to hope that a receiver gets open, but he needs to be a game manager where he's not making mistakes. And he hasn't, you know, the four interceptions shows he's, you know, not making too many careless mistakes, but there have been some fumbles and there's been some poor decision-making basically half and half throughout the season. Um, and he just needs to realize that it's not all on him. You basically just have to ride out the season with what you know is working. You have to trust that the offensive line, um, you know, can can work together uh, to help you out. Uh, it, it stinks. We still don't know the the true uh, analysis of Lane Johnson's injury, but apparently there's going to be a switch this upcoming game uh, in terms of how the line's going to look. I saw that too. Um, if the offensive line goes down, the team is really, oh boy, really in shambles. But yeah. <laughs> uh, he Carson doesn't have to do a lot, like we said earlier. Carson does not have to be the MVP to be the MVP of the team. It sounds really weird to say that, but he doesn't have to do a whole lot for the team to succeed. Oh yeah, I agree. And you said it perfectly. The team identity is running the ball and obviously having that strong offensive line. But um, I think that Wentz needs to himself, he needs to improve on 
like we said before, throwing the ball sooner and taking those gimme plays. If it's there in front of you for five or 10 yards, then you need to take that. And um, I think there needs to be a lot of more balance on this offense. And we saw that in weeks past when Jordan Howard was healthy, they were running the ball a lot and they were running it very effectively. But then all of a sudden Jordan Howard has to miss a game, but you still have Miles Sanders. Then all of a sudden Sanders and Boston Scott combined for 18 rushing attempts. And after the game, Doug Peterson says that um, he strayed away from the run because he wanted a big play from the offense. And I just want to know, who is that big play coming from? You're not going to throw it 70 yards to Nelson Aguilar. It's not going to work. We've seen that week in and week out. Tried it one more time, especially against the league's number one defense, is not going to work. So I think putting that pressure off of Carson Wentz and giving it to Miles Sanders, I know Sanders didn't have his best game because he was missing a few holes was a little bit hesitant in his runs, but give him the ball a little bit more. J.H.I. didn't even see the field. Uh, I think the pressure needs to be taken off Wentz more, and when Wentz needs to make it happen, he needs to take the plays that are right in front of him and um, try to develop the offense that way because Wentz and Peterson shouldn't be trying to scheme up deep plays every single drive. If it happens, all right, that's perfect, but you shouldn't be trying to force that because it's just not going to happen. Right. Yeah, so um, one comparison that I want to make is a baseball athlete, a baseball player. So let's say they go 0-4 uh, at the plate for the entire game or mm-hmm. a basketball player is shooting 0-10 from 3. And then when it comes down to it, bottom of the ninth, fourth quarter, last couple seconds, they make the play. They hit the walk-off home run. They hit the um, game-winning three-pointer. And all of that is forgotten. Wentz could have done that against the Patriots because one of their last drives when Aguilar dropped that ball, he made three poor decisions um, leading up to that. He made two bad throws, and then he threw that almost, I don't even know what to call it, check down screen to the sideline to Aguilar. If he even caught it, it would be negative two yards. So Wentz just wasn't good that drive, but then he mm-hmm. put a throw on the money to Aguilar. Um I think if Wentz completed that pass, or if Aguilar made an attempt to catch it, um, and the Eagles tie that game going to overtime, everybody's viewpoint on Wentz would be a lot different. But Mm -hmm. that's a lot of what if, because the pass wasn't completed. I think we're starting to see a little bit of uh, clutch out of Wentz with that drive right there, because people would definitely forget about the mistakes before if that pass was completed. But... um, in crunch time, fourth quarter, you can't be making those mistakes. So if Wentz develops uh, this you know, clutch gene, as they say, mm-hmm. um, do you think that's a big knock on his game right now? Do you think that would really improve what he's doing right now? Yeah, I think a lot of people would have a different, certainly different opinion. Um, mm-hmm. it, his game is centered around making the big plays, basically. He, he, he doesn't, he, Wentz doesn't really like the check down. If you look at a lot of the game film, he doesn't like, you know, throwing it down. He wasn't made for that. He wants to throw the deep ball. He wants to throw, you know, across the middle to his tight end. He wants to throw the one-on-one deep ball with a wide receiver who could out-jump a cornerback but can't. <laughs> yeah. He wants to do – the pl- he wants to make the plays where the offense is going to score like he did. I think he's so reliant on what he did in the past and what he's seen that right now it's holding him back. 
what again with his support uh, cast. Um, he's not he's not seeing the same level of consistency, if at all, any consistency or anything at all. He's he's not seeing help. He's not seeing a lot of things <laughs> from his receivers, or maybe mm-hmm. nothing from his receivers. It, it's just it's just a complicated season, and where he's going to need to find a way to trust, and it's hard to do, somebody to make a play. And and in turn, the receivers need to make a play for him. You know, yeah. you got drafted for a reason. You're on the team for a reason. You're an NFL wide receiver. Why all the drops? What's wrong? Are you rattled? It seems like everybody's having the Nelson Aguilar effect, you know, pre-2017. Seems like everybody's rattled, doesn't have the confidence, can't catch a ball, uh, it's just weird, man. <laughs> yeah. The thing that pains me, me about these wide receivers is post-game, they're not sticking up for once. They're not saying much about their... ...against the Cowboys, he said, um, oh, like, the the ball wasn't where I expected it to be when it literally fell a foot in front of him. Against the Falcons, he said he lost the ball in the lights, which, okay, like, you could try to sell that. And then that missed ball against the Patriots. Uh, I forget what he said, but he just said the ball like looked weird in the air. It just oh, God. T- it took a bad spin or whatever he said. Um, that is so unex- inexcusable, and it just it's sickening that these wide receivers are trying to come up with excuses rather than defending their quarterback. But on Wentz's part, he needs to understand that an NFL team changes every single year. I understand that the Eagles are trying to build a team that is going to compete every single season, but the team that he had from 2016 to 17 to 18 to 19, they're all significantly different, and he needs to understand that and play differently almost every single year because when you lose out on a big deep threat in um, Deshaun Jackson after week one, try to get him back, but it doesn't work. Your entire offense changes. The entire identity is going to change. And Wentz needs to understand that, um, number one, the pressure is not all on him. Just because you lose your number one receiver doesn't mean that the offense is now uh, gone to trash. So he needs to understand that he needs to take what the offense is going to give him, play to everybody's strengths, because um, you're going to be in a close game almost every single week with this Eagles offense. They don't have the ability to blow out teams anymore. They did in 2017 when they had a loaded roster, but this year the wide receiver group just isn't up to that potential. So if they're in close games and Wentz is coming back on the field in the fourth quarter, fans need to be a hundred percent confident in him. Receivers need to be a hundred percent confident in him. The coaches need to be a hundred percent confident in him. And right now he's not showing the team that he can make comebacks and make it happen for this team. Yeah. It's, it's something where you need everybody to be behind you and you haven't proven it yet. Uh, it's hard to it's hard to be trusted uh, with the ball in in big moments. Yeah, so the teams are winning, or I guess losing. You know, there's a I don't know what the point differential is, but I think it's very close. Like other than getting blown out by the Cowboys, um, a lot of the games have been close. <laughs> a lot of the games have been close, and when you don't have the supporting cast and you're trying to do the most, it looks bad on Carson when you just can't do anything. So yeah. Yeah, it, it's a responsibility on the receivers for not making the plays happen, but also Wentz. I think a lot of people were blind to it before this Patriots game when he throws a series of bad throws to his receivers, and 
Um, then he finally makes it happen, and then Agler gets all the blame. But looking back on it, Wentz had opportunities to make it happen. Just because they weren't all in the end zone doesn't mean that um, he d- doesn't deserve any blame for this. And I think it happened the entire season leading up to it. Obviously, there were some very bad drops um, that cost them games, but Wentz could be better in the fourth quarter. I think everybody knows this by now. And um, he needs to focus on just moving down the field. It's not going to be um, a deep pass that's going to win the game. And sometimes you don't even want that. If you have the ball with two minutes and you're trying to tie the, the game up, obviously you want to score, but you don't want to score too early. So Wentz needs to understand that he needs to orchestrate a successful drive and just dink down the field as efficiently as possible. And um Right now, he's not taking what's easy, and it's coming back to bite him because he's going to have to throw those deep balls at the end. And like we said before, the Eagles wide receivers are just not going to make it happen if it comes down to that. Right. To some capacity, I would rather have Wentz. I would rather have Wentz uh, throw the ball. You know, if if a drive is seventy-five yards, I'd rather have him throw the ball. You know, whatever number of times for five yards the entire time. As long as it was efficient, you know, rather than making these weird decisions and maybe not getting anything and then not converting on third down and then getting off the field quickly. You only help your defense by staying on the field. So uh, it bounces back and forth. And, yeah, he just needs to make better decision making. Yeah, definitely. It leads perfectly into our next question. So um, Wentz is very dynamic. People... Um, have understood that ever since he entered the league and he's similar not identical but similar to quarterbacks like Deshaun Watson Lamar Jackson Russell Wilson who can make it happen um, in the air by their feet just athletic freaks that uh, it seems like a lot of these QBs enter the league they have a couple of good seasons and then either defenses know how to handle them or injuries catch up, whatever it may be. Uh, Obviously, Russell Wilson's an anomaly for this situation, but um, some of these players, these quarterbacks are just flashy, and sometimes they don't know how to make it happen when it counts. And you have quarterbacks like Tom Brady and Drew Brees who are just successful year in and year out. Um, Tom Brady's been doing it for over 10 years now, and he's still good. Do you think that... I mean, we, we saw with Foles, too. That's why there was the debate with Foles last year, because Foles was a pocket passer and really didn't make the game that complex. And I understand that you can't take away Wentz's ability to escape the pocket. That's what makes him good. But do you think that Wentz should play a little bit more conservative at, at times, maybe even late in the game, just to make sure that he's making the throws happen and not putting too much pressure on himself? Um, that's a good question. Um, I, I would like to say he should, it's just his mindset says no. Sometimes he, he is about making the big play. Um, but in, in some instances there have been ways where he just kind of throws the ball, just kind of erratically, um, just trying to make that play. And, you know, we're not taking check downs. He's not passing to a sideline. Again, and it's so repetitive. Again, in part because it's you know you can't trust the wide receivers, but there are other options, and I think that's the thing. He 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 likes to stick with his one option of, you know, reading the defense, seeing his one matchup, and you know, 
maybe fake it or, or something like that. But he knows who he wants to pass to from the get-go. Yeah. It's almost like the people who have never played Madden before. He, he, you, <laughs> you know what you want. You, you know get the red route. <laughs> exactly. You get the red route. You know who your 99 is. You know who you want to pass to. And you're only looking at them and you're just waiting for the right timing. Well, in real life, if you're waiting for the right moment, that moment may never come. And when the moment doesn't come, the play's dead or you get sacked, right? Yep. So the pair is kind of odd in that in, in, in tight situations, he wants to be able to make the play, but the odds of that happening are so low that that's why the offense is struggling and maybe in some of his decisions uh, it doesn't happen so often. Like he wants to make the play. Ooh, he makes a play one time. Out of what, ten plays? Mm-hmm. You know, it's just kind of uh, it's just kind of bad. I, I keep I keep tailing on the end that he doesn't have a supporting cast, but he has Zach Ertz, he has Dallas Goddard, he has running backs out of the back end. You got Miles Sanders who is setting rookie records right now yeah. out of the backfield. You know, you have people who can make plays. You just gotta you just gotta give it to them. Yeah, I don't think anybody should force Wentz out of his comfort zone and take away that dimension of his game because that's what he's been known for ever since college. He's known for being a dynamic playmaker. But that being said, I do think there is time to tone it down and be a little bit more conservative for many reasons. Number one, um, obviously you have to consider health because I know a lot of people don't want to label Wentz as injury prone. I don't want to either because he's been healthy this year, um, hasn't missed too many games overall in his entire uh, career so far, but you never know what could happen because um, quarterbacks that like to run out of the pocket are often more likely to have a shorter career. So he needs to make sure he's being smart in that case, but also just being the best quarterback um, every single drive for his team because in the fourth quarter, um, I know it's important to take all options, put them all, all, out on the table, and um, try to win the game. But at the same time, it might be smarter, like we said before, take five or ten yards down the field and try to win the game because if Wentz is holding the ball too long, we already said he's statistically worse when he does that. But if the play isn't developing and he's trying to throw it deep to his receivers, you're losing time you're risking getting sacks I think he would be much better later in the game if he just tones it down a little bit gets rid of the ball quicker just focuses on his throws rather than trying to be the athletic freak that he wants to be remembered as Uh, I think it's a lot of um, you know his mentality that he wants to do it himself and I understand he's a very humble person but when he's playing on the field if you don't know his background it looks like he's you know the kid at recess that wants to be remembered for the athletic play. And I think mm-hmm. he just needs to understand that it's a team sport. And if he wants to win a game, he can't be doing that. Right. Yeah. You, there's so many other factors on the offense. If we're just talking offense, there's so many other ways like they can move the ball or can succeed. It's all, it's almost selfish that he wants to take, you know, all the blame, <laughs> but it's, mm-hmm. he's got to know that he doesn't need to do it all by himself. Yeah, I think once he understands that the responsibility isn't fully on him and that he can rely on other players and try to win the game 
not by putting all the responsibility on himself, then the team is going to be much better. He's going to be a better quarterback because of it, and you're going to see a different Carson Wentz. So the sooner he realizes that, the sooner that the coaches encourage him to move into that mindset, the better this team is going to be. So hopefully that they can come to that realization and realize that he's not the best quarterback in the fourth quarter and late in the game, they might not be fully confident in him coming back and running this offense. So uh, definitely a lot of concern there, but hopefully we can improve upon that. And I have one more question for Brendan. Uh, This is a fun little discussion to get into before we end things for today. So Brendan, say you're the general manager for the Eagles. You're Howie Roseman this off season. Oh boy. What are the first three moves that you make? This can include the medical staff, the coaching staff, um, players, draft, what would be the first uh, three moves that you would do to better this team? Does it have to be in order, like a timeline chronological? Nope, nope just three. Okay. And do they have to go in order of importance? Uh, no, it's all right. Okay, cool. Um, well, one for sure is going to need to be changing who <laughs> – I don't know if the play calling is the issue. I would say it's more towards Mike Grove. Um, something needs to be done with the offensive coordinator. Uh, I get in, man, I hate bringing it back up always, but I know the supporting cast is wrong. I know maybe if he had a different supporting cast. Anything different than just being complete average or less than average all, all season. Um, I miss I miss Frank Reich. I missed him a lot. I believe he was the main success. He was the main reason offensive success um, in 2017 when they won the bowl. It's like, yeah, somebody else is doing the play calling. Yeah, it's because they have good talent. But Frank Reich was was a mastermind at creating plays and making making opposing defenses wonder what the heck is going on. What are these plays? What are they calling? What are these formations? You know, it's like he, yeah. he was so good at making the offense look good. Um, and Mike Grow since taking out, it's nothing. Nothing has come from it. So I'm going to need at least something um, in terms of a change at the offensive coordinator position. That's, that's one for sure. Because yep. the offense, even though they can make plays, it's bland. It's bland. Nothing flashy. Wentz is trying to do the most, and it's just – in terms of the numbers, in terms of everything, it just looks bland. So one, so one is the offensive coordinator change. Two is going to be drafting a speedy wide receiver to replace Deshaun Jackson. I didn't say – now, <laughs> that's, that's – I said replace because I think that Deshaun Jackson's done. I know that he's on another year. Really? Yeah. I, he, has an, he has another year with the Eagles in next year. He had a two-year contract. I don't think um, – I don't think – I mean, he may come back, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not saying he's going to completely, you know, get released or whatever. But I don't think he just – I don't think he returns to, you know, the week one form that we saw or anything like that. I just think he's on the roster because of a home benefit, I guess. You know, it's yeah. fun seeing him, but if you – you know, think about it. If you have a – what is he, 32, 33? Going to be 33? Okay, yep. 32. I know at 32 in week one, we saw what he could do, and that's great. But if you're leaning on that to be your entire offense, and then you see him get injured, 
And he's, you know, we're waiting for him supposedly for the playoffs if the Eagles make the playoffs. Um, that's kind of just a lot of waiting on one person who has been injured frequently. Uh, I would, I would much rather get somebody like a Henry Ruggs to come to the team and just be the difference maker. And you know, if they, if, as long as he can catch, please, <laughs> as long as he can catch, you know, he. Somebody who's young and just speedy could help this team a lot. Stretch the field, get people down. People will start, you know, bringing safety help. Right now, they know Eagles can't catch. One matchup with an average cornerback will get the job done. So if you have a speedy wide receiver, that's going to change the offensive look. Maybe not totally, but it'll help a lot. So drafting a speedy wide receiver, I'm going to say in the first round would be would be ideal. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's number two. So we got what? OC change, wide receiver, draft, and third. And this is a biggie. Is something needs to happen with the Eagles medical staff. It's pretty obvious. That the, I, if, if you couldn't guess what I was going to say, it should be pretty obvious now. Me, <laughs> the medical staff needs a change. Um, it's gotten too, quote-unquote, I guess, coincidental that this stuff is happening. I mean, we, the Eagles were coming in, you know, with Alshon, with Jordan Howard, and during the bye week, you lose them both. I've never seen a team lose, you know, in the bye week to injury. Mm. It's... They don't follow the procedure they're supposed to do because they want to get back on the field quicker. But it just damages them. It damages the team for not being out there. And that's what happened with Jason Jackson. I, we, know, we now know, I think, that he decided not to take the surgery and he wanted to play it out. Well, that's great. But week in and week out, after week two, you know, during warm-ups, which is crazy to me that you can get injured during a warm-up, um, we haven't seen him since. And now he got the surgery because he tried to give it a go. And, oh, no, my stomach hurts. Take me out. He had one reception for five yards, yeah. I believe. Yep. And that's it. And he got taken out. And now it's like, oh, now I need the surgery because I know I shouldn't have done this. <sighs> okay, great. That's partially on Deshaun's fault. But I just – I have not seen a team so injury-ridden – even to the Super Bowl year, in the past three years, I've never seen something like this. And it's probably because we've been paying attention too closely. But the injuries just keep piling up and piling up. And part of that is due to the game. Obviously, you get, can get injured in the game. But what about the recovery process? Uh, when, we were, when, the Cowboys, when the Eagles were playing the Cowboys, you saw all these injured players for the Eagles. And we're like, okay. Well, we're not going to be without those. Oh, but wait, let's look at the Cowboys' injury. I saw this when I was at work. Look at the injuries uh, the Cowboys have when we're going to go play them. Oh, Amari Cooper might not play. Oh, so-and-so might not play. Oh, my God, the tackles might not play. We could have a chance. And it comes up to game time, and, and everybody's listed as full. Mm-hmm. Every single one of them turns to full. They're healthy. They're, they're playing in the game, and the Eagles are not. And that was kind of a big factor because without Mari Cooper, I think it was winnable. Actually, Mari Cooper is balling out this season. And when he was on the, and when he got taken off the injury report, and I did that uh, myself, I took him off the injury report on the news ticker. Um, 
it's just like, how can the Eagles medical staff do absolutely nothing to help further this team? It's like we're just man- mismanaging players. Mismanaging stuff. Thank God the Eagles are not as bad, I guess, as the Redskins who completely mismanaged Trent Williams um, with his cancer and, and all that stuff that happened over the offseason. Um, that's terrible. But in terms of the Eagles, the medical staff, man, if you want to point a big finger, if you want to point a big finger, it's definitely in part to them. There's no coincidence all these injuries are happening. No one's getting healthy. You know, we've been expecting players, you know, sometimes they say, oh, the timeline is next month. Oh, oh, my God. When Doug Peterson says, oh, so-and-so is day-to-day, man, day-to-day could be, like, next year. Day-to-day <laughs> could be in five weeks. It could be, oh, if we make the playoffs, day-to-day is, you know, second round. Oh, day-to-day is next week. I've never seen when he says day-to-day, it's actually day-to-day. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> Eagles injuries, if I had to change something, yeah, the medical staff. So, yeah, OC change, a speedy wide receiver in the draft, and something has to get done with the medical staff. Yeah, the medical staff has been atrocious. They've changed it multiple times since the Super Bowl, but it hasn't gotten any better. And I think the most uh, troublesome thing about it is just they mishandle so many injuries. Brandon talked about that a little bit with uh, Deshaun Jackson, but you have players like, Darren Sproles in 2018 who gets banged up week one and then all of a sudden he's week to week quote unquote for over 10 weeks I think it was I mean that's just inexcusable if you can't diagnose an injury then you shouldn't have a job as an NFL uh, medical staff I mean that's just terrible for these players health because um, they're not getting the correct diagnosis they're going out there they might be banged up Alshon Jeffrey apparently re-injured his ankle. Deshaun Jackson obviously re-injured his abdomen injury. It's hurting this team. It's hurting the the players themselves, and they just don't know how to handle these injuries. I don't know where the Eagles are trying to find these new uh, people for their medical staff, but they need to find them quick because it's terrible to see all these players fall and see them supposedly out for a week or two, and then all of a sudden you get, like, Darren Sproles, for instance, this year. Obviously, last year it was uh, insane. But this year, he's added to the injury report with, you know, a quad injury. And then all of a sudden, he's done for the year and probably done for his career. Um, they just downplay injuries so much. And then all of a sudden, it blows into uh, blows up into something big. And I'm sick and tired of it because it's taking wins away from this team. And mm-hmm. uh, it's just, just ridiculous. Um but, yeah, I definitely agree with all three of those moves that you would make. I'm going to hit mine real quick. Um, my first one was fire micro as well. And <laughs> he's been a clear downgrade from Frank Reich. And right. Eagles offense has looked significantly different um, since Reich took the head coach position with the Colts. And last season, Mike Groh sat in front of the media and he said to them that it's tough for him to in- integrate Golden Tate into the offense. When Golden Tate uh, is one of the most dynamic wide receivers that this league has seen in years past, and he's saying it's tough to integrate him. I would think that would come from a uh, an offense coordinator who's trying to deal with the wide receiver that can only do one thing. But when Golden Tate can do 10 things at one time 
and you can't integrate him into an offense that's struggling for wide receiver help, that was just absurd to me. But I tried to brush it by. The Eagles were trying to make the playoffs. Like, okay, whatever. Then this year, J.J. Ortega-Whiteside is struggling. He's not getting many looks on offense. And he stands in front of the media again, and he says, well, he was drafted to be Alshon Jeffrey's replacement. Um, as long as Jeffrey's on the field, he's not going to see the field much. I don't understand why Alshon Jeffrey at the time is under contract for three more seasons. You draft his replacement with a second-round pick, and then you can't even use him. That I mean, yeah, you should be using every single weapon possible and <laughs> using them efficiently, and Groh cannot do that, and mm-hmm. it's just ridiculous. And it's showing now. I mean, the play calling has been um, terrible. They're not playing to the advantage of Wentz and the other players, so... That's definitely something that needs to be addressed. Um, but some personnel moves for the players, I think Jordan Howard needs to be re-signed okay, um, yeah. very quickly because he's been playing phenomenally. Um, he's probably the MVP on this offense right now, even without um, playing last game against the Patriots. He's taken over the bulk of the carries, and he's doing very well with them. He started off the season slow, but just because his usage, was, usage wasn't up. So if they can get Jordan Howard locked in for three more seasons and then by the time his contract's up miles sanders is ready to get paid they're mm-hmm. set up very well uh in the future for running backs and um staying with the offensive trend my last any situation where he returns to this team after right. he's a free agent in the offseason so um looking to the draft to find i mean maybe even you um bring back jordan matthews again you re-sign him and have him as a slot receiver. Or I think the better option would be going to the draft, like Brennan said, getting either a speedy receiver or a solely a slot receiver and giving Wentz a weapon that he can you know, have around for years to come that can catch the ball, run good routes, and help this offense because uh, it's some, something that's been lacking. And Nelson Aguilar definitely needs to be out of the Eagles organization and someone new, someone younger needs to be brought in and make a difference. Right. Those are all good. Those are good as well. Probably, I would say the same for me. They would just probably be like if there was a top five, I'd put them underneath what I had. But those are all yeah. good too. Yeah, there's a lot to consider. I mean, the, they've been struggling. So um, <laughs> hopefully it, it's tough to make moves in season when the Eagles are in contention for a playoff spot because you don't want to um, risk firing your offensive coordinator when you're five and five fighting for, mm-hmm. for a spot and then getting an interim offensive coordinator and things actually being worse or um, releasing Nelson Aguilar and then bringing someone off the streets that's actually might be worse. Uh, It's hard to imagine that would even happen, but um, I don't think any of these moves are going to happen. I mean, maybe Jordan Howard will be re-signed before the season ends, but the Eagles are fighting for a playoff spot, so I don't think they're in a position to make any bold moves right now, but once their season is over, whether it be after week 17 somewhere during the playoffs or who knows, maybe even in the Super Bowl. Um, I think moves will start to um, happen. I think Doug Peterson needs to take control. Howie Roseman needs to take control. Jeffrey Lurie needs to take control and they need to change this team up significantly. Right. I'm still shocked that they didn't make a move at the deadline. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I, I know the market was very inflated, but, Mm -hmm. uh, they would be a lot different team if they brought in a difference maker on offense right now. Right. If I, I, honestly, I know that the price is high, but if they had 
like somebody like a Robbie Anderson, he's imme- he immediately becomes the number one on the team. And yeah. he would be getting the ball a lot. So Yeah, I mean, on a positive note, at least he is a free agent. So mm-hmm. if the Eagles want to take a look at him this offseason, they have every right to. So uh, hopefully uh-huh. they can get you know, a second chance on Robbie Anderson and not have to waste that second-round pick that the Jets are asking for. Yeah, that's a little bit too much, I guess, for yeah. Howie. So. All right, well, I'd like to thank uh, Brendan for joining us today. Brendan, that was an awesome conversation. Um, covered a lot of great information. So thanks for joining me um, and bringing all of your, you know, hot takes, expertise, <laughs> and everything in between. So I appreciate you coming in and stepping in on the podcast today. Not a problem. I appreciate it. Always fun talking about the birds. Let me know when you want me back on, man. I'll give you some more hot takes. <laughs> all right, appreciate it. It's, it's been awesome. Definitely a privilege to have you on the show so make sure you guys um check out brendan on twitter b walker nfl um for more ideas and takes like this and definitely be looking to have him on the future because this is a really good conversation but uh for now this is all we have for you guys today hope you guys enjoy the discussion um make sure you check out my podcast earlier in the week about the patriots recap if you want to go through the pain and agony of listening about the eagles losing but i did answer some fan questions so might be interesting to hear a little bit about what the fans had to say after the game. So for now, um, make sure you subscribe and check out all of our upcoming podcasts. And if you subscribe, they'll come right to your device, which is awesome. App Podcasts, Spotify, whatever it may be. But uh, let's go, birds, and on to the next week.